airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for tuning in. It is great to be back with you. Yes. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. And boy, do we appreciate Abraham Hamilton III Addison yes. uh, <laughs> filling in. He's so funny. I love my brother. <laughs> he is so, so funny. Um, but I just appreciate him filling in. And it's just, it's very comforting to know that um, that our listeners are not, they're not going to miss a beat. That's right? right. Like, I mean, we're going to continue talking about these issues and stand in guard um, for the for the truth and, and for the church and the Amen. people of God. And so I'm just I'm, I was so blessed and so thrilled that Abe was going to be able to fill in for us, because as we often joke about, he does a lot around here. Yes, <laughs> he really, really does. Yes. There are many people who um, pull on him in a lot of different directions. And on top of that, he is a father and uh, and a husband mm-hmm. and a teaching pastor of our local assembly. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that he does. And, yes. and I was I was excited and also kind of like, e, he's filling it in for <laughs> us, you know, because I know that it adds extra stuff. Right. right but um, right. praise God that uh, we were able to to do what we needed to do. I was in I was in uh, Canton, Texas on uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, at the Hope Pregnancy Banquet on Saturday evening. Mm. And boy, what a time I had. Um, mm. I went out with our daughters. And uh, so, so Will, you stepped in. And uh, as Nathaniel said, you played, you were pretending to be me, he yeah. said, right? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not <laughs> pretending funny. to be mommy. I'm That's daddy. so funny. Right. <laughs> I know. Which, see, even right now, you can start to change their minds a little bit so that they understand that dads matter. <laughs> And yeah. when you're in this role, you're not being mom, you're still being dad. That, yeah. that is exactly what you're doing. And so anyway, we thought it would just be better um, to take the girls. We've got a trip coming up in about a week where um, we'll be driving a, you know, a good little stretch. And <laughs> <laughs> and so we thought, man, Which it might be taxing be on them. That's true. Yes, that is <laughs> correct. I got to tell you, we normally <laughs> travel as a family. That's that's usually our default. Right. And so. So it's been a long time. This is bad, but it's true. And I'm so grateful for it. It's been a long time since I've driven a really long interstate stretch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was life changing. How was it? Yeah. It yeah. was it was Pretty good. You couldn't I take re- a nap. And, I couldn't you know, take a nap. Yeah. I realized what you go through. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And having to make sure that you stay alert, you know. Well, the girls, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure they kept you up. And oh, my goodness. They're they so go wild. Sleep, Let me tell you, so. I thought I was still young and vibrant. Until they wanted to choose the music we listened to. <laughs> if I hear one more One Girl Nation song, I'm going to that? scream. <laughs> that's exactly right. Exactly. I would go. Nation. I would go. Who is this? And they're like, One that's Girl some, Nation, is Mom. That's some Me Too group. Like, what's? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about. It. Have they been vetted? One Girl Nation. <laughs> they have been vetted. They okay. they discovered One Girl Nation a while back. Now they do have some songs. You know what's in right now that a lot of music artists are doing. So for this reason, we have to be very careful. I've I've had to be very careful. And sometimes the kids are like, "Well, but they're Christian." 
And I go, yes, that's true. But that's not that doesn't just give people full access to you. That's mm-hmm. what I have to tell them. They don't just right. get full access to you just because they're Christian. So what I have found in trying to vet the music and vet the artists that our kids listen to is that what's really in right now is for artists to just be really raw and um, transparent. share a- transparent is that what they call it okay so they're into being really transparent and sharing a lot of their just feelings Mm. and there's no and and in some of the music there's no overt remedy that Ah, is jesus you know what i mean it's like it's like here is my hurt here is my pain right and i'm gonna get over it and and maybe there's a hint of i'm going to survive but there is no overt presentation that the way I'm getting over this or yeah, that the way I, I survive is because Jesus Christ is Lord. That's self-reliance. That's like, exactly. I'm going to get oh. over. I'm going to. Yeah. Man, I, I yeah. wish your kids were like you. You get this. Like they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they're like me in some ways. They are. They don't get it. They're, they're like, well, what's wrong with that? What's so bad about that? And so what I was hearing, um, and, and this is not just coming from One Girl Nation. And in fact, yeah. I, I wouldn't even attribute this necessarily to One Girl Nation. But there are some other girl artists who, um, you know, they've got some music that I was listening to with the girls because we're girl road trip. So girl music soundtrack. And uh, yeah. Oh, man, it was so much. I was like, I'm too old for this. I'm too old. I was like, how is your range that high? Like, do we have any Eltos that sing anymore? Anybody? I just, you know, but it's fine. We got through it. And I was there because I wanted to I wanted to ask them some questions. I wanted to to visit with them. And we got to do that a lot. So much character shaping. That gets to happen on long road trips, you know, and 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 I mean that in myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Lord, um, but no. So what I so so what I found was though that a lot of these Christian artists are singing about their tragic breakups. Mm. Yeah, and e. um, yeah, and so so you know so then I've got to kind of dig a little bit and say, um, <laughs> you girls realize you have no point of reference for this, right? Exactly. You understand that right. you don't know what it means and. And so they're like, yeah, but what's 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 the problem with it? And I go, well, I don't know that I want you filling your mind with a person who has given their heart over to someone else and they've trampled on it and then given it back Mm -mm. to them. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? And so that's that's a lot of what the music is. So did they understand where you were coming from? Did they they grasp? Well, now let me ask you this. By understand, do are you asking also if they agreed well, not well. I guess partially, but right? but I just yeah. want to know if they if they understood what you were talking they about. They did. They did understand. They okay. did understand. But I think this is what your kids. Here we go. My this kids. How you know. Yeah. Once again, this is what your kids often say to me. I and this has become a pattern increasingly. They often say, "Mom, we're smarter than you think." They say, "We're stronger than you think." Or they say that doesn't affect us the way you think it affects us. Like they say, we're not we're not weak like that. And I go, oh man, what man. an overestimation of right. yourself. Mm. That's what I tell them. Like what an overestimation of yourself because what you are doing is you are meditating and thinking on things as you're listening to music. And mm-hmm. so, and you know, Gabby really loves music. She listens yes. to music while she's drawing. And so I have to, you know, keep up with what she's listening to because right. a lot of what she's drawn to is the female Christian pop singer. Mm -hmm. And increasingly, the female Christian pop singers all have a tragic breakup in their life that they're dealing with. 
Man, it, or not, oh man, or and it's true. Parents, yeah. go look it up. It's true. I'm just telling you, and I'm you know. But I'm wondering if they're mirroring the the secular pop. Well, I think so. I think ways. that's the kind yeah, of music I don't know that who they are. I don't want. I don't want to. You know, because I, I don't know these. Yeah. Individuals, I, I probably haven't heard their music, but I wonder if it's like a mirror of what they're hearing in. I kind of think so. Yeah. I think it's very similar. Now, not exactly like, but I think right. it's similar to the concern that we had with NF. It's, yeah. it's that this yeah. is what this is where people are. So I think that the song is reflecting what the deficit is in the culture that mm-hmm. people have increasingly dated recreationally and they have sustained the hurt as a result of that. And these these younger people are in youth groups all across this country, mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah. and they are experiencing what I think would be the adult equivalent of divorce. And so then you've got to write music that speaks to that. And then, of course, you if you are an artist and you yourself, you have experienced that, then that comes out in your music. Right. It used to be now, man, this is really going to reveal our age, Will, because it used to I'm be young. forever. It used to be <laughs> it used to be that the music that we called Christian music was overtly Christian music. It mm-hmm. it wasn't, there wasn't the, you know, sneak attacks that were like, oh, this could be a crossover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when that, when that, I, I don't know, when they started doing that increasingly, we had a problem. Remember Kurt Franklin was the one who really changed the game? Yeah. Yeah. He, and, yeah, uh, he, he, yeah, he ramped it up. I mean, and there that were kind some of stuff happened though. in the, yeah, but he ramped yeah. it up. Yeah. He was the one definitely. who really, he, his, his song was the first song that I remember making headlines because they were playing it in dance clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Kirk. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, and so then everybody kind of follows him. I know he's not so, the, the first by far, but he, no. I think he took it to, to another level, you know. Well, I think that may have been one of the lyrics. Of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh I don't goodness. know if you did that on purpose. No, but, I didn't. Um, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, he did. He actually literally did take it to another level. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I enjoy being with Hope Pregnancy Center. Okay, and, good. Um, I was going to say you were talking about the, the in the East Texas. Center. Yes. Yeah. It was. It was interesting because you know I I kind of joked about it being you know fun to be with them on Saturday and then you know tomorrow is Sunday. Right. I said because there was a big game mm. where. You know, I guess, yeah. you know, some some major rivals <laughs> were yeah. playing yeah. the Saints against the Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Who now, that? Oh. don't don't do that because okay. we have wonderful <laughs> brothers and sisters in the Lord who suffered a <laughs> tremendous loss to us. Oh, wow. They're good. Last night. They're fine. And some of them could not even go to work today. No, their identity is in Christ. They're, they're, Amen. They're, yeah. First. First. And then after that, <laughs> Cowboys. So so I was I was uh, I was thinking, you know, man, Lord, give him grace, because there was one particular brother who closed down the evening mm. on Saturday night mm-hmm. and he took a little small dig at me right before he prayed. Mm. I just want to say to that brother, <laughs> who that? That's it. That's it. All right. Now, let's move on. Let's <laughs> let me just say this. Let me just yeah. say this. If um, if anyone out there would, would like for Mickey to speak. At oh, a well. crisis pregnancy center banquet or anything like that, I just want to put that out there because we don't we don't talk about this, but that you're available to speak. Uh, just send us an email at addisons at afr dot net. Addisons at afr dot net. Now look, it depends on how far away it is, Will the Great. Okay, because I can't I can't do ten fifteen hours of One Girl Nation. No, no, I no, can't. No. I can't do it. Like no, I'll come I'm next gonna, time. I'm going to I'm going to be like I'm going to be like Greta Thunberg. Can I get there by by sailboat? Cuz I <laughs> All these you missions. Can take the Greyhound. I can't. You might want. Yeah. 
Um, All right, no. let's get okay. into what All we're right. talking about today. Okay, then. okay then. Have you ever? I've taken a greyhound. Yes, I have. Man, that was a greyhound will take a two-hour trip an and, and make it all day. Yes, they stop everywhere. Every stop. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but that's not what we're talking about today. So. No, I yeah. serious conversation here. I want to turn our attention to what is happening in the United Methodist Church, mm-hmm. and um, and it's one of those things that we covered it when we were doing the morning show. Yeah. Um, and and we were not alone in that. I think whenever you see an attack on the body of Christ, uh. All Christians, whether or not this is your particular denomination or not, you begin to sound the alarm and you begin to say, hey, look, this is what's happening. Um, We can see the hand of the enemy in this. Right. And so the enemy has circled back again, um, having not been satisfied or feeling like it inflicted a mortal wound. The enemy has circled back again um, with its sights, trains on uh, the United Methodist Church. It sounds like a more opportune time. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Mm. That is exactly the picture that I got as I was reading a collection of stories and I was praying through this and I was just asking the Lord um, to one, um, help me to be measured in my commentary on this, Mm -hmm. but also unapologetic. Yeah. Right. Like you, you don't want to. I'm not saying that this is an indictment against the entire United Methodist Church, Mm -hmm. but there are wolves among the United Methodists. Yeah. And, and the, the thing about it is, and, and I think that people who um, adhere to the authority of the scriptures recognize that the wolves aren't even trying to hide themselves anymore. No. They are saying clearly who they are. They have formed right. their own groups within the United Methodist Church. There's Go no ahead. more dressing in sheep clothing. You know, no, that old term, that's exactly right. In, it's not that. It's like they're no. just coming in. Just, the sheep's clothes are off. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. They're, 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 you know, fully presenting as wolves, um, which which tells us where our culture is today, that our culture is very brazen. And so now the wolves don't even hide to infiltrate the church. They just walk in. And so that's what's happening. And we want to make our listeners aware of it. Um, Whether you are United Methodist or not, um, we should care about the body of Christ. We should care about the bride. And when we see things like this happening, it should uh, reveal to us what the enemy's ultimate goal is. And that ultimate goal is to destroy the church. I wish that people understood That the enemy hates us Mm -hmm. because we are made in the image of God. That's right. Additionally, he hates those who have been ransomed, who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. So the enemy, in as many ways as possible, wants to be a stumbling block to us. Yeah. Wants to be a stumbling block to us. So we got to stand against that. We want to alert you to what's going on. And then what I ultimately want to do is something that I always find myself doing. I want to show you that we have been here before Mm. in the history of the church. Mm. This is not new. It's new to us, but it is not new. So we'll do all of that when we get back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We sure do appreciate you listening. Thank you for spending some time with 
the crazy Addisons. Mm. <laughs> it means a lot. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Francesca Battistelli, Defender. Uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. I do want to let everyone know that um, on Friday, the 11th and the 12th, um, we are going to be in Richmond, Virginia at Mount Vernon Baptist Church for the Truth for a New Generation Unashamed Conference. And uh, I would invite you to join me and Todd Starnes and Bill Federer mm-hmm. and Alex McFarland. Um, we are excited to keep holding the line in our generation. And so all of us will do that in um, our various areas of expertise My focus is on the culture and the intersection of that and the church and, of course, the family. Um, This particular presentation uh, planned for this conference is on um, um, the the fact that there was no new gospel. That's Mm. that's basically the crux of my 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 presentation. I'm going to talk about critical race theory and intersectionality. Mm. I'm going to talk about the origins of it, talk about where it's come from and where I believe it it seeks to go. Yeah. And so that's going to be my presentation. If you want to be a part of that and, and you've been curious about what's happening in the church capital C, it's not one just deno- it's not just one denomination. It is happening um, in the church capital mm. C. And so we have got to stand guard. Those of us who are discerning, those of us who see and are bold, um, we, we've got to hold the line. There's no new gospel. There's there's no new gospel. I mean, there's so many people right now in our culture that Lord knows I want to walk up to them and I want to say, man, you were running a good race. Who who cut in on you? Right. Like like who's who's bewitched you, man. you know? And so anyway, I think, you know, many of us in our different areas of life and, and what it is that the Lord has called us to do. Mm-hmm. We should be doing that Amen. and however that looks for us. So anyway, that's Truth for a New Generation. That conference is October 11th and the 12th in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And I'm excited to be a part of that. You can learn more by going to truthforanewgeneration.com. Truthforanewgeneration.com. It's the Unashamed Gospel. Uh, the Unashamed Gospel Conference. Go I ahead, just wanted to say before we move on, yeah. uh, we are also gathering listener stories for our oh, upcoming yeah. Sherathon, that'll be October 15th, 16th, 17th. And if you have a testimony on, on how AFR has affected you, maybe a particular show that you've listened to that really stirred you up or, or helped you, you can uh, give your listener testimony just about a minute or two. Uh, just call uh, 877-876-8893, 877-876-8893. So here is the story that um, grabbed my attention this morning, early this morning, and um, started thinking about what the enemy is trying to do to um, the church and do to the body of Christ. And Mm -hmm. so I decided, uh, man, maybe we need to have a conversation around this. And then I was reminded because I I love to be a student of church history um, and to understand where we have been in the church and how the Lord has protected the church. Uh, Because he said that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. He said that like, you know, that's not a fairy tale for us. Right. Right. We really believe that. And so. um, So anyway, as I was looking at this, the Lord by his spirit was just reminding me of some of the church history that I've read and some of the things that I've learned Mm. about where we have been in the history of the church. And so I want to share that with you. But first, this is the current event story. And then we'll tie it into the spiritual implications, which I think the spiritual implications are probably obvious. uh, But then also want to look back at some church history that maybe we're kind of familiar with and maybe not completely familiar with. So so we'll do that. A United Methodist group 
has submitted legislation that would dissolve the United Methodist Church. Let me read that to you again. A United Methodist group has submitted legislation that would dissolve the United Methodist Church and form four, Mm. one, two, three, four new global denominations instead. Man. The legislation says the new Methodist expressions would be one traditionalist, two moderate, three progressive, and four, and this is the newest liberationist. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Liberation. Here we go, guys. The new expressions worldwide or N.E.W. new plan is the work of United Methodist Forward or U.M. Forward, a group that identifies as a collective of United Methodist liberationists. Mm. And by that, when they say liberationists, this group means that they seek to advance the liberation of the marginalized. Namely, watch it, watch it. Mm hmm people of color mm-hmm. and LGBTQ individuals. That linkage, I hate it. It is disgusting. Yeah. It is disgusting. They keep and doing it. The church has made a gross error in allowing it for right. as long as we have allowed it. Exactly. That should have been extreme uproar when that was first linked. <laughs> when when Absolutely. It, as it became, you know, well known that this was the the tactic. You know, that should have been outrage. That's right. That's right. You know, I was thinking back and I don't know if it goes back. It may it may go back uh, further than this. But the the earliest time that that I remember hearing that was in a movie. It was the Tom Hanks movie in the 90s. I think it was. Was it the late 90s, early 2000s? I can't remember exactly. It was the movie Philadelphia. Yeah, I remember. remember? That yeah. And, and in in that movie. Tom Hanks is going to sue his employer for wrongful termination or something like that. And I may be getting the details kind of mixed up, but there is a scene in the movie where Tom Hanks and his mom and his family, they're all in the living room talking about what's going to be their next course of action and what should, Mm. should they do? Should, should he sue his employer for wrongful termination? And his mom says, I didn't raise my son to ride the back of the bus. Mm. And I remember going, Oh, Whoa, Whoa. Whoa, this is this is about homosexuality and AIDS. Whoa. But what 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 a glaring link there to the the color of people's skin. And, you know, that link is probably I'm not sure about this, but it probably occurred to in after the ball book. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, (laughs) yeah, because what you have to do is you have to make yourself a protected class. Right. You No, you're exactly right. Yeah, of course. And and, And that would predate. The, the movie Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then uh, that's it. Because, I mean, we actually have that playbook. That yeah. is a part of the agenda. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly after the ball. That's that's a page taken exactly from after the ball. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to this. Here's the current event. So um, this, this UM, United Methodist Forward, have proposed a plan that they want to come up for a vote in about seven months. So May 5th through the 15th of mm. next year in Minneapolis, the denomination is going to gather together at its general conference and they want this plan to come up for a vote. Now, uh, one of the drafters of this new plan is a man uh, by the name of Alex Da Silva Suto, I guess is how you would say his name. He's a Brazilian native, mm-hmm. um, but he's a he's a reverend within the United Methodist Church. And I want to say he passes a church in Connecticut or something like that. But he's a part of this UM forward. And he has been one of those who worked on drafting um, this this new 
um, legislation that will be voted on next month. Uh, He says that this is not a panacea, but it makes possible or makes it possible for each denomination. Now, watch. This is so crazy to me, Will. He says that this uh, new plan makes it possible for each denomination to fulfill their mission as they feel called to fulfill their mission as they feel called. Now, remember, you would have four Four different denominations. denominations, So more denominations. (laughs) All claiming, though, to be Methodist. Right. You know, it's we have talked about this before. When the enemy seeks to divide and to, to split, to splinter the church, he always wants to keep the name. Mm. the wicked one always wants to keep the name Mm -hmm. this would be so easy and i I know we're going to run out of time today but this would be so easy for all of these people who want to depart from orthodoxy to just go Mm. just go no they don't want that so why won't they because the wicked one wants to keep the name right because of people's understanding of the formation of this denomination of the formation of this, this group of people who were faithful worshipers of the Lord, according to biblical fidelity. Mm. So the enemy wants to keep the name. Yeah. So continuing on. All right. So this would come up for a vote in, uh, in 2020 in Minneapolis, um, like the new plan, a number of other proposals seek to dramatically reshape or divide the denomination over according to what this article says, over what drafters see as irreconcilable differences. Now, I would agree that there are irreconcilable differences if you're straying away from the scripture. Amen. Amen. We can't reconcile. No, <laughs> that's exactly right. There's no there is no common ground in heresy. Yeah. There's no common ground. We can't work together on this. And in fact, one of the other or the drafter that I'm talking about now, because there's several other people who have worked on this, uh, he says the the Reverend Suto says, quote, remodeling the house or replacing the roof and adding a fresh coat of paint are not going to address the detrimental cracks on the foundation. Mm. The problem is what what he actually is presenting is this idea that the foundation of the church is cracked because it does not support LGBTQIA plus individuals. No, if there is a crack It's not in the foundation that is built on truth. Mm -hmm. It's those who have come into the fold who are saying, you know what? There's a new gospel. Right, right, right. And to that, I would say, as I just said, you should leave. Yeah, you should leave. And the thing is, I'm just remembering in the Bible, that seemed like that is called like get rid of the immoral. Like it's a cancer that springs up. That's That's church discipline that's supposed to deal with this type of stuff. So where my thing is, so what is the mission of the quote unquote, the Methodist church, because there should be one singular mission. So they're saying like they're breaking up into four different denominations so that they can all fulfill its part of its mission. Well, I think it's important for us to understand too. I think it's important for us to understand that this is a proposed plan and that it does not reflect all of the conviction of those who are a part of the United Methodist Church. I think it's important, but I think the point that you're making is that it seems that the wolves are controlling the conversation. It seems like there's a leadership problem because uh, the leadership would address this. And if it's not lining up with scripture, there would be some measures that need to be taken, you know, meaning they don't want to leave. They They, they have to to get out. I think they did (laughs) attempt to do that with things like the single plan, I think that's what it was called. And, the and then the traditional plan, plan which, which actually out. was voted on and which won out thanks to Africans. Yeah. Guys, this is why 
the solidarity of the church worldwide is so important. Yeah. Because it is to the credit of the Africans holding the line within the United Methodist tradition that the traditional plan won out. But now, man, and there's so much more. Okay. (laughs) But the enemy is not content to stop there. We got another story that we're going to weave into this conversation. More opportune time. More opportune time. The enemy marked it down that the African churches stood against his wicked and evil schemes. So the enemy set his sights on, okay, the African churches. Mm. We got to get the African churches. So we'll deal with that in just a second here. But I want to stay on this mm-hmm. um, this plan here, this, um, this new, new plan, plan, as it's called. Um, this is what... <laughs> This is not a term, but I'm I'm about to make it a term. Okay, this I'm about to make it a term. This is not a term. Okay, I'm just I'm Go just gonna say. It. All right. This is what critical church theory looks like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is not a thing, <laughs> wow. but this is what I'm calling it. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what critical church theory looks like. I want to I want you to listen to this. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some information to you. The sentiment that is coming from those who want to splinter the United Methodist Church. I want you to listen to what they say. And I'm, I'm calling this critical church theory. This is what mm. it looks like. This is where it ultimately goes, right? Because what I say is whenever you subject any institution to critical theory as a framework <laughs> through mm. which it will operate or progress, mm. you are demolishing it mm. on site. Yeah. Just, just count it as demolished. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. This is what it looks like. Quote, while progressives may be uh, defined by a desire to include all people in the church's current form, Liberationists are interested in radically reimagining the Mm. ways we relate to one another and the world. This is what UM, United Methodist Forward, explains on their website. This is what they're interested in. They continue, quote, we desire to be a church where the marginalized Mm. are centered. Pause. Mm -hmm. That's cultural Marxism. Mm -hmm. Where power is redistributed. Pause. That's flat. That's (laughs) That's right. That's classical Marxism. Mm -hmm. And where now watch this, where we are free to enflesh. When I saw that word, I was like, (laughs) what a word. What a a word usage. Okay, go ahead. It's so it's so so the right word to use. Man. But they say where we are free to enflesh. My mom used to say me. You don't walk in your flesh. (laughs) Man. Mom, my mom used to, mom always told me, <laughs> don't walk in the flesh. But here we go. They want to be free to enflesh, watch this, guys, radical actions of prophetic love mm. in solidarity with movements for justice taking place globally. That's neocritical theory. Wow. That's that's the that's the newest iteration of critical theory. That's this is what happens when you allow any type of critical theory to infiltrate the church. This is the kind of jargon that you get. Listen, there's a a woman by the name of Elka Lyall, Reverend Elka Lyall. She's a general conference delegate and a UM forward leader, a UM forward leader. And this is what she said. She said that the new plan is grounded in the liberation of those she believes have long been oppressed by the church institution. No, that oppressed. is cultural Marxism. Oppressed by the word of God. So you've got the oppressed and you've got the <laughs> oppressor. Mm. So remember, the goal and the objective of the oppressed is to topple the oppressor, mm. to demolish mm. it, to take it down. 
So that's why we're not leaving. We're taking over this structure mm. and we're going to tear we're going to implode it. Right. And that's what we're watching happen wow. right now within the United Methodist Church. Wow. All right, we gotta grab the break. We'll pick up here when we get back. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Don't go anywhere. invested a lot of time, energy, and resources in maintaining the institution and have lost our focus on the mission of the church. What is the mission? So, so <laughs> that's, a, that's a part of a quote. I'm going to finish it here in just a second. That's a part of the quote mm-hmm. coming from Reverend Elka Lyall, a general conference delegate and a UM Forward leader, and is in support of this new plan which seeks to divide the United Methodist Church into four new denominations that would kind of be on a continuum from biblically sound to not the church. Right. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, why do we need to bother with the other three? Exactly. I mean, look, we don't need to waste that airtime. We don't need to. You know, let's try to conserve exactly. that. We don't need to bother with the rest of it. You're, if, if you want to put the church on a continuum from, you know, biblical fidelity to whatever else, then let's just stop at biblical fidelity because that's the only picture that is the church. That's it. That's it. That's all you have. But here you have this, this, this woman who is a United Methodist pastor of Broadway, United Methodist Church in Chicago. Listen to what she said. She said, freeing ourselves from maintaining what is already dead will free us to do the work that God has called us to do. Now, hold on a second. Essentially, what this woman is saying is that a biblically sound church is already dead. Mm-hmm. A church that holds to the authority of Scripture. Wow. A church that defines sexuality, human sexuality, sexual identity, according to the authority of the word, she is saying it's already dead. So you know what that reminds me of? As I was reading that, I was thinking, wow, you know, this really sounds like late 19th century Frederick Nietzsche, God is dead, do whatever you want. Mm. You remember his basic premise was God is dead, so man is free to do whatever he wants. So think about what this looks like in the context of the church. So if a biblically sound church is dead, then we can have whatever expressions we want. We can present as animals if we want, because there is no right or wrong. And look, let me tell you something. This is not new to the history of the church. And so come with me. Let's go on a trip down memory lane where we look at the fact that the church has been here before. Where the church has battled conflict in the culture. And by the grace of God, we have overcome. We have overcome. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten here today. But the enemy does not give up. He is relentless wanting to destroy the church, wanting to, to deceive as many as possible. So cultural changes, intellectual changes, and social changes all have had an impact on the church. But what should have been overwhelming was that the church impacted those entities, yeah. impacted the culture, right? impacted intellectual discussion, impacted society, 
if there would be any impact on the church, it would be that the church is aware that it's happening and responds with biblical authority. That's the extent of the impact. Mm. It's not shaping the church. It's not controlling the church's conversation. It's that the body of Christ says, hey, we're aware that there's a problem. Here is our message to you. It is the message that has been handed down to us. So, but instead what has happened, and and this is how we have gotten to, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and I know we're running out of time. This is how we have gotten to the lie of liberal churches versus conservative churches. Mm. And even now people say it as if that's a legitimate description. In fact, and I, I hate to oversimplify it, but if you run outside of the parameters of the Bible, as your final authority, you're not the church. I'm, That's right. Not, I'm, I'm not sorry about that. I'm sorry if it stings you, but I'm not sorry to say it. Mm-hmm. If you're outside of scripture, that's not the church. And I'm not the first person to say that. Jay Gresham Achen said that. Mm-hmm. Jay Gresham Achen was dealing with liberalism in his time. And he was holding the line, protecting the integrity of the scriptures. And he said, you know what? Liberal Christianity should not even be defined as Christianity. (laughs) Jay Gresham Machen said that's a different religion altogether. Mm. So if you continue and you and you look at where the church has been before, the church has been in in the position that the United Methodist Church finds itself in the impending head on collision with cultural and societal changes. In the United States of America, at the end of the 1800s, Christianity went up against three different areas of an attack on the authority of the scriptures. It was philosophical, it was scientific, and it was historical. And in the scientific attack that the church faced, it was the theory of evolution, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it was if Eve, that there is an intelligent designer, that that God made what we see, Mm -hmm. that that the origin of life is through the creator, then you're backwoods. So today we have the rainbow flag as sort of the, um, it's the flag that people wave to gain access to the culture and to be respected. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So the rainbow flag is waved and people are accepted as progressive. Mm. They are enlightened. They understand that we as a people have, quote unquote, evolved. And so people can show their support by waving the rainbow flag. This is not new. This is not new. At the end of the 18th century or at the end of the 19th century, into the 1800s, what was happening was very similar with science. So people wanted to be intellectually superior. So the church was in this battle. Well, now we have this, this, this theory about the origin of, of man. And so what do we do? Do we continue on with our backwoods? God made everything. (laughs) Or do we show that we're intellectually superior and we adopt Darwinism? Mm. That's one area. In the other area, it was in philosophy. And do you know who was driving that? It was the remnants of the philosophical thought that God must be dead for man to be free. So it's Frederick Nietzsche. Think back to what this woman just said, the pastor of the church in Chicago, Mm -hmm. what she just said about we've invested a lot of time and energy and resources in maintaining the institution have lost our focus on the mission of the church. She went on to say freeing ourselves from maintaining what is already dead. (laughs) What is she talking about? She's talking about biblical authority in the church is already dead. So why are we maintaining this? 
This is very similar to Frederick Nietzsche's argument that God is dead so you can do whatever you want. Then there was an attack on history and the church had to battle it as well. And what was that attack on history? That attack was, is the Bible true? You might be surprised, and this is, it's almost laughable to look at the similarities, but there was a criticism employed to determine whether or not the Bible was true. It made its way from Germany, then to England, then ultimately to the United States, and it was called higher criticism. Higher criticism. Higher criticism said the Bible must not be true. It's laced with errors. Mm. It cannot be relied on as finally authoritative in the church. This quote unquote higher criticism as a framework to understand the Bible made its way into seminaries. Mm. Saints of God, listen to me. This is church history. As it made its way into our seminaries in this country, it then trickled down into our churches in this country. And then you know what we had after that? What we had after that? was liberal churches versus conservative churches. And who were the liberal churches? The liberal churches said the Bible is not to be taken literally. The liberal churches said the Bible is not trustworthy. The liberal churches gave in to this framework that was called higher criticism. And now we have what we are dealing with today. Mm -hmm. This does not catch the Lord God off guard. That's right. We have been here before. We have battled this before. The battle was fought. And there are some people who look back on it and they say, you know, the conservatives lost. They lost the battle. But I will tell you what some see as a loss for conservatives I see as a win in the revelation of what is truly the remnant of God that remains. Mm, yeah. A lot of people think that the remnant is bigger than it is. Guys, I'm sorry to tell you because it, it grieves me, but the remnant is not as big as we think it is. You can begin to immediately recognize when you are talking to a member of the remnant, because there are certain things that you guys share that you have in common and and you understand that there are some things happening in our culture that must be spiritually discerned. Yeah. And you, you have this you have this moment where you're like, oh, you're you are you mm -hmm. get it. You're in. Mm -hmm. OK, you're a part. You you may not even say that to one another, <laughs> but you're talking about the issues, you know, and then you run across another quote unquote Christian. And you start talking to them about what is going on. And it is so spiritually thick in our nation. Yeah. It is so spiritually thick in our nation. It's spiritually thick in our churches. And you, and you, you want to talk to other believers about it. And they're just like, oh, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they got other things to do. Right. They don't, they don't have time for that. Right. And so you look like the crazy one. You, you look like the Christian version of NCIS. You're always investigating. You're like, wait, no, I, I mean, it's not. <laughs> like I'm, not trying, conspiracy I'm not just looking for conspiracies. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I'm telling you that this is what the Bible told us we would see in the last days. And yeah. we are here. Yeah. Now, the last few minutes, let me do this, because remember that the United Methodist Church faced this battle earlier this year. And by the grace of God, the African church has stepped up. <laughs> There was there was one um, African 
church leader. Actually, he's a uh, seminary professor. Dr. Jerry Kula, I think is how you say his name, Dr. Jerry P. Kula of Liberia, mm-hmm. who stepped up and can only be described as the Christian's version of a gangster. <laughs> Notice I didn't put an R on the end of it. Because you don't, you don't, when, That's crazy. he was gangster, all right? <laughs> when, <laughs> when he stood up uh, before a, a, a breakfast and presented during the special general conference for the United Methodists when they were voting on, you know, where they have the the single plan or the traditional plan or the one exit plan, whatever it is, when they're voting on all this stuff, he stood up and he said, basically, we don't need you cultural elites in America telling us Africans what the Bible says. We don't need your money either. (laughs) And we don't need your money. (laughs) So what does that tell you? That tells you that the idea is, Hey, listen, we need people on board with this plan. Mm-hmm. And in fact, let me let me say this too. Let me go back because this this new plan that wants to divide the United Methodists into four different denominations, it calls for four different things. It calls for four different things. And let me outline what those four different things are, and in one of them, you can hear the whole nod toward money. So the big the big idea here here is not losing the property that the United Methodist right. Church does not get to, you know, retain its property that if there's a split that everybody gets to take whatever they have. Okay, and so this is really this is really interesting to me because it reads like um, a social justice handbook. Man, it It reads like a social justice handbook. So here is what the plan. Right. I mean, it does. So here's what the plan calls for. It calls for four different things. Number one, a, a transitional council. And this is if the church were to split in these four different denominations, everybody. It calls for this. Number one, a traditional. I'm sorry, a transitional council to draft a plan of separation. Each of the four new denominations will name five individuals to the council, including at least two lay people from each denomination. Okay. Number two, consultation with the council of bishops, other church leadership bodies, agencies, and a professional mediator Mm -hmm. in drafting the plan of separation. The plan quote shall be governed by the principles of (laughs) self-determination. Listen to this guys. Equitable distribution of general church assets. Big giveaway. Restorative justice. And you are not ready for this last one. <laughs> reparations. Boom. Repar- what are we what are we talking about? Man. Guys, if you don't see the wickedness of the evil one all throughout this, yeah. if you don't see the culture infiltrating the church. Setting up shop, doing it, as you say, Will, often with a high hand. Mm -hmm. If you don't see all of those things, then keep it moving. There's nothing to see here. But indeed, I submit to you that there is plenty to see here. Here's number three. They want a special general conference before 2024 that would take up the plan of separation. And then finally, watch this, a moratorium (laughs) on complaints, Mm. charges, Mm. and church trials. Church trials. Related to the church's restrictions around homosexuality until separation occurs. In Mm. other words, don't enforce the Bible Mm -hmm. until we get this effective split. Right. Guys, this is wicked at its core. This is wicked at its core. And I know plenty of Methodists who are struggling with this, who are upset over this. And just because, like, if you're listening and you're not a part of the Methodist tradition, do not think that this doesn't affect you. Please understand that we are members of one body. 
So if one member of the body is affected, we are all affected. So if our brothers and sisters right now are under attack because they adhere to the Bible, then we all grieve with them. We have to hold the line. The enemy circled the wagons and he came back again. And if he's not successful in 2020, guess what? He'll come back again in 2021 right. and 2022. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.